This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. KNC Masterpiece here on 105 through the fan. Reggie, Mike, and Chris Strong on the ones and twos for you on this Thursday. Thanks for hanging out with us. We have reached the, as Kevin would call it, the noon o'clock hour, which means we are in giveaway territory. The giveaway today is uh, tickets to Cowboys-Lions on Saturday night at AT AT&T. So you want to make sure to keep it locked here because at any given time, I could yell. um, And that yell could be about you maybe winning tickets. Sometimes I just yell, you know. That happens from time to time. Well, Kevin practices it a lot, being a former Aggie at times. That's true. He didn't graduate. That is true. A&M, but they practice yelling. I think that's a class. It's yell practice. Isn't it? No? I don't know. Yeah, I think it is. 101. And then they have a dog in there. That's right. But if the dog barks, then it's such a cult. That's incredible. Anyways, he's not here. I'll text it to him so he knows that I'm making fun of his school. Yell, where they really practice yelling. And then I think they force you to kiss somebody at the end or something. The rules aren't clear, but there's a lot of them. (laughs) Well, that feels really... That's okay. They had a heck of a a bowl game last night. (laughs) Yeah, they played in the Texas Bowl in Houston. They're uh, still over 500. they They're 7-6. and There you go. Um, Hopefully Mike Elko can come in and help them not continue to play in, like, the Texas Bowl or the Valero Alamo Bowl. Hopefully um, It would be great if A&M and Texas became good at football at the same time now that they're in the same conference again. Yeah, let's restore the feeling. I want that feeling of A&M, Texas, Texas, A&M, and that just going, that going up. I want it. My son asked, and I looked, and I mean, it's super early, but if you want to get tickets next year to the A&M, it's more than going to the Super Bowl this year in Vegas. (laughs) It literally is. I'm not making, like, and I think the next two years, because obviously they'll, I think the first one's uh, at A&M next year, then the next one will obviously be at UT the year after. Those are like sitting in the upper deck is going to cost you four figures. And you know what? I think that that's better money than Super Bowl because Super Bowl is like a very corporate environment yeah. where, you know, there's a lot of people who are here because they have all this money. A&M in Texas, you're here because you feel this. Yeah. You feel this in some way. So I'm, I'm interested in that one once that comes around. But the game that's more important and that's really uh, on, we're, we're near it, Saturday. Cowboys welcome in the Detroit Lions, and this one is huge. The implications um, are far-reaching and wide-reaching. And just to start to dip our toe into the waters of this game, what players or what units are you most concerned about for from right. these visiting Detroit Lions, Mike? So I really like when Marcus Spears is on ESPN. I, I like his opinion. I, I've never met Marcus Spears before, but I, I feel like I'm engaged – with his discussions uh, on football on ESPN, I'm just like, man, this, he seems like he really knows what he's talking about. He gives uh, specifics. He gives details behind his opinions. And so I really respect Marcus Spears and what he's saying uh, on national broadcasts. Mm-hmm. 
He said, so I'm going to go with this one because he made me fear this. He feels like Aiden Hutchinson is going to have a really good day against Steele. Which then I asked the question, I remember earlier in the week asking the question to Broadus, or no, I asked it to Mickey. I said, hey, do, do they move around Hutchinson a lot? And he said, I don't think so. I haven't followed up with Mick. I know he's watching film on it now, but it sounds like Steele is going to have the responsibility of their number one overall pick, right? Or was he number two overall? He was number two, I believe, correct, okay, if I remember correctly. I think you're right, number two overall. And um it sounds like if Marcus is very concerned that Aiden Hutchinson can ruin the pocket for uh, Dak on one-on-one matchups, then that's very concerning to me because I do feel like, and you can correct me if you feel differently, I do feel like Detroit's going to put up at least 20-plus points. Like I feel like they're going to be able to put up at least 24 points in this game. So the Cowboys are going to have to score at least 25 points, and that might not be enough in this game. You might need to get to 30 or low 30s to win this game. And if Aiden Hutchinson is messing up your timing and your pocket, that could be an issue because I don't believe in the Cowboys running game. I just don't believe it's good. I don't believe that it can sustain a drive. Mm -hmm. I I know that there's times where they run the ball well, but – I just I believe in the Cowboys have to pass the ball to score points. And that being said, if Aiden Hutchinson's messing that up, that could really be a long day for your offense. Yeah, especially because Dak Prescott, given the time to operate in in the pocket, can be very good when he's not hesitant. Because I know that Broadus has talked a decent amount about the fact that he looked hesitant in this game this past week against Miami. Um, I, I have a feeling that, especially coming off of that game, that maybe he'll try and be a little bit more aggressive in the way that he throws the football. And also, when you consider that this is not a great defense that you're facing off against in the Detroit Lions, maybe he'll be more aggressive. We'll see more of that attacking over the middle. But you got to give him the time to do that. And so, yeah, Terrence Steele has a lot of uh, responsibility here in making sure that that guy who can be a game wrecker does not, in fact, wreck the game because you're right, this is going to need to be a pass game. And we've talked enough about about, uh, about how this the game script needs to be such that it keeps the Cowboys in a place where they can play from ahead. And that would give you some freedom and uh, allow you to not be in those places where Aiden Hutchinson can pin his ears back and come and make it really difficult for you yeah. on offense. Yeah, so that's I guess that's my, my fear from the Cowboys offensively is that there's one guy – who can mess up all the timing and rhythm of uh, the Cowboys. They have to be the number one offense in the NFL at home, right? Like, nobody's better than the Cowboys offense. If you just take everybody's home stats, I feel like the Cowboys have to blow everybody out of the water offensively at home. It's on the road where all of it – they can't carry that offense to Buffalo. They can't carry it to Miami. They can't carry it to Arizona. They can't carry it to San Francisco. For some reason – that offense, even when they went to Carolina, I remember that game being a little bit of a weird game midway through the third quarter going, why aren't we better than this? And then it did, at the end, get good. But uh, at home, the Cowboys seem to, from the opening kickoff till the end of the game, roll offensively. Um, another thing when we talk about who you are concerned about in this game from on the YouTube here, um, I believe this is Texas Bear Club on YouTube. They say they're most concerned about the Detroit O-line completely smashing this D-line and undersized backers, right? Truly the worst yeah. feeling is seeing Jameer Gibbs run five yards untouched, then seeing whatever explosive run happens after that. 
And that's a very fair point. This is, um, by Pro Football Folks, uh, Focus's rankings this week, the second best offensive line in football. Um, and that, that for good reason, right? They've put invested, um, they've invested capital in making sure this offensive line is good, and their identity is based behind that. And they've they've done a good job adding running backs that do a good job. But hey, man, you know this game in its most simple is about blocking and tackling, and they do that blocking portion of this very well. And so we're getting a little bit closer to what the Bills were capable of doing against the Cowboys, and now. It's gonna. It, there's a lot of responsibility on all parties involved, including um, Mozzie Smith, as he's still getting more time um, and doing trying to get those run fits right. Uh, Damone Clark, who's had a little bit of a rough go of it of late, and as in the linebacker spot, like the, the this offensive line is going to be uh, tough. And so, shedding blocks and getting to the right places and maintaining your responsibilities in the run is going to be vital because they it, you let them just keep running, it's going to be a problem. One hundred percent agree with this. This is the other side of the ball. Is Will Dan Campbell, who just seems to be like from Glen Rose, great guy, played with the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, I wonder how much he wants to make this a bully game to start. I thought one of the best things Buffalo did, since I didn't get to talk about that game mm-hmm. after it was over because I was on vacation. Go for it. I thought, I thought taking a personal foul on Dak Prescott and running the ball as strong as they did when they had the ball. So they run the ball as strong as they do. They score. And then one of the first plays, they they intentionally take a personal foul on Dak Prescott. They wanted to let Dallas know, we're here to dirty this game up. We're here to make it a, a muddy game. I know it's on turf, but we're here to we're here to make this a dirty, ugly game. And immediately Dallas said, we quit. Dallas will quit. I don't care who – Micah Parsons is a future Hall of Famer. There's great players on this team. This is a very good football team. They are willing to quit at the drop of a hat if you show them we are going to make this as physical of a game as possible and we're not going to stop. We might take penalties just to show you how physical we're going to be to this person's point. The offensive line might pile drive – one of the Dallas Cowboys defensive linemen into the ground three seconds after the play is over, and maybe they get a 15-yard penalty. But that 15-yard penalty is an intimidation penalty, and the Cowboys are easily intimidated. Very good team, easily intimidated. And I'm wondering if Dan Campbell and the Detroit Lions have seen what San Francisco did, seen what Buffalo did, and said, intimidate them. If you intimidate them with strength, they will quit. Halfway through the third quarter, they will ask out of the fight of football because they don't want to play that style of football. They will play a track meet with you, and they will beat you 50-45. to 45. That is the most beautiful game uh, for, for this Dallas Cowboys team is to play an up-tempo, fast pace, flying around the football field type of game. If you dirty it up and you start taking late blocks and late hits and holding on to, uh, you know, your, your blocker after the whistle's blown, it intimidates the living crap out of the Dallas Cowboys. And I'm wondering if Dan Campbell, to that person's point, mm-hmm. will make sure offensive line, intimidate them after the whistle. You hear the whistle blow, play's not over till you want it to be over. Because if you do that early in the game, those guys will quit later in the game. And so I, I do think that that is a possibility. I think Dan Campbell's smart enough to know if you can intimidate this Dallas Cowboys team, they will want to quit. 
Well, look, it's it's going to be a real, real challenge for that defense. Again, we mentioned the ways that they're undersized. This is a team that could play big. And, yes, I appreciate you. Uh, and, by the way, someone on the text line, 972, says, I want you to remind you uh, that Dan Campbell played at A&M, too, Mike. Yeah. So, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but then 940 says, don't forget uh, uh, Montgomery, David Montgomery. Dude is a physical runner, grinds you out five, six-yard runs, and the run game can't demoralize you. And that's exactly what you're speaking about is the way that yeah. it could be just demoralizing, you know, Yard here, yard here, successful run, successful run, successful run. And that's kind of what we were talking about with the Miami game. How much more if this you if they have this kind of power? It's going to be – offense is going to need to show up, right? Offense is going to need to keep this game and make them have to keep throwing the football um, because if they are throwing the football, now you're like, – yeah. can Jared Goff win you the game? And now maybe, just maybe, you allow your defensive line, your pass rush to get back into the, into the contest and affect the game because if those guys are just yeah. having to run protect, it's – it's a real it's, problem. It's going to be interesting the first time Detroit gets the ball. Is do they almost set up into a running play and let the Cowboys know we're running first down and we're letting you know we're running first down. Load up the box. We're loading it up too and we want to see how physical you want to be early in this game. I'm just going to be interested in seeing that first drive from Detroit, especially the first two plays of the game. How physical does Detroit want to be? Because if they run the ball up the middle for, let's say, five or six yards on the first play, Mm -hmm. and they do it again for five or six yards, and they get a first down on two running plays up the middle by just being as physical as possible and mauling, I will be worried that the Cowboys will lose. If the first three plays are three and out and they only run it one time and it seemed to be a little bit of a soft run and not a power run and they are trying to pass the ball, I'm going to think, this is great. They don't want to play to the Cowboys' weakness. They're trying to finesse it. And if you try to finesse the Dallas Cowboys, the Dallas Cowboys can win the Super Bowl. I really believe this. If if you play finesse football, the Cowboys are the best finesse football team in all of the NFL, better than any team. But if you start bullying and playing dirty and playing past the whistle and holding blocks long, the Cowboys will quit. It's proven. There's 50 I've watched 15 games. They will quit if you over kind of physicality the game. If if you play past the whistle, you try to take late hits on Dak. Uh they they do not like it. They do not like the game being that type of game. Before we go here as we're talking about the the different players or units that kind of uh, give you some concern before Cowboys Lions from the A17. They said they're worried about Amon Ross St. Brown. If his hands touch okay. the ball to catch, he isn't going to drop a sideline bomb like Tyreek Hill did for you last week. Um, and what's interesting is Amon Ross St. Brown is a good receiver, very good receiver. Yeah. He does not strike me as like the type of receiver that you typically come into a game plan where like we got to stop him. 100%. I- I'm with you. He's not like when we talk about the other day when we talked about CD Lamb. He's not going to come up into a conversation. You're going to have to get at least 15 receivers into the NFL and probably more than that, but at least 15 receivers into the NFL before you start bringing up Detroit wide receivers and being scared of them. It doesn't mean they're not good. I'm Mm -hmm. not saying they're not good, but they don't have a guy where right now um, Dan Quinn is going over some sort of game plan going, if we don't stop this wide receiver – from touching the ball and then getting the ball in space, we will die. Right now, Dan Campbell's trying to figure out how do we not die in this game with them running the ball up the middle. 
I mean, I, I, and I don't want to try and, you know, lessen what he is. He's a very, very good right. wide receiver. Right, 100%. I agree. Um, almost as a slot guy. Um, he he kind of strikes me like almost like Cooper Cup as well, where in the slot. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. He can do a lot of things, but also I, agree. I think coming into a week, a, a coordinator doesn't go, he can break this entire thing, yeah. which is a weird distinction to make. But I think, when, like you said, when you have the strength, and the run uh, capability that the Lions do, that definitely becomes secondary, at least in my mind. Yeah, like if they get a first down on their first two plays by throwing the ball, I'm not concerned. In a weird way, I'll be like, yeah, that's they're moving the ball. I don't want Detroit to move the ball. But if they move the ball by running, I don't think the Cowboys can make any adjustment to stop it. I think they can make an adjustment to stop them from passing the ball all over the field. Uh, from the 469, what? Amara is 100% that guy. He's just as good as CD. Uh, two, no two one, another 214, St. Brown is definitely a guy you have to game plan He's for. He's good. I mean, I, come on, guys. I, I understand the way that people feel. I, I also lean, and I I mean, the reason why I feel strongly about this particular idea is uh, Dominic Foxworth used to play in the NFL, a cornerback. Oh, yeah, he tells jokes, right? Foxworth? Nope, that's uh, Jeff Foxworthy, I think. Okay. Yeah, close. Close Thanks. name. Uh, but Dominique Foxworth has that same, that similar opinion where it's like, look, it's the guys that could come in and break your defense that you really worry about in a big way. Now, of course, he's going to matter. You are going to have to make he's sure good. that he's good. He's. I'm not right. saying he's not good. He's good. Would but you Would I, you I, say I th- he's a top ten receiver? He's fifth in yards. He has eight touchdowns. He's having a good 100%, year. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. I don't know that I'd say he's top ten, but again, he's one that. He's one that can make good plays. I think that your Cowboys team is situated in such a way to be able yeah. to handle that. Yeah, he's good. I'm not I, I want to make clear the people that are texting in. We think he's really good. And maybe I was We might be underrating he, him. Yeah. We and, and we'll we'll see on Saturday, I think. But um I I it's hard to try and find that middle ground that I think we're trying to find where we're like, we want to give him his flowers while also understanding that I think there's a level above what he has. Let me ask you this. I know we're going way late here. Last one is mm-hmm. this Cowboys talk is, all right, so the Cowboys have recently played Stephon Diggs and Tyree Kill, and now they're about to play St. Brown. If you had to rank those three receivers in order, how would you rank those three receivers? Uh, Hill, Diggs, Amara. I think I'm with you on that. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Diggs has dropped off, or maybe St. Brown's way better than I and think. And again, I've already given you my framework on who is the guys that break the break the game. Tyree Kill is the ultimate game breaker. Stephon Diggs, very much a game breaker. And then Amon Ra can make it difficult on you, but I don't view him in that same way. 
And so you understand my framework. If you disagree with my framework, that's fine. You are entitled to that 100%, uh, dear listener. But that's kind of the way that I view it. Either way, the answers are on the field in football. It's one of the nice things yeah. about sports is that we can talk about it and think that we know what's happening. The we answers, have to talk about it a lot because they only play once a week. That's right. Uh, Antonio Pierce, he was asked about uh, – he's the uh, interim head coach with the Ram, uh, Raiders, rather. He was asked about you know if he feels like he deserves a job. He ultimately said, my resume is on the grass. And so I, I believe in that when it comes to football. And we'll find out on Saturday when Same you're a Cal- Rashad Evans. Yeah, a different type of grass, but uh, appreciate that. Okay. <laughs> I, I see where you're going, Mike. I thought it was good. Thanks. Uh, but, yes, it's the KNC Masterpiece here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, we enter into the lunch rush in the expressway with the combo platter. And we'll also get you some Mike Likes It, but with the combo platter, game night game. So give us your sports opinion and your favorite game night game. you got to give us both, and we'll do all of that next on The Fan. It's the KNC Masterpiece here on 105.3 The Fan. I'm Reginald Atatula in for uh, the vacationing Kevin Hagelin and Corey Majors. Mike Bassick already got the vacations out the way so he could be with you. Yeah, that's it. I have no more vacation. As far as I know, I don't keep good track of it, but I'm here for the rest of the year. Just that All that time. I'll be back next just year. Just for you. Will you? You sure? It just upsets Kevin so it much. Does. I talked to Kevin today on the phone, and I said, I'll see you next he year. He actually answered your and call, he said, huh? I'll see you Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> it makes him so irrationally mad. Uh, but yes, those guys will be, in fact, both be back next week. I'll be back on my normal show, which is the Get Right, 7 to 11 p.m. right here on 105.3 The Fan. We appreciate you turning it on, leaving it on, listening it, listening from uh, 5.30 a.m. with Sean and RJ to the Can't See Masterpiece to G-Bag Nation all the way to uh, the night show, the Get Right with myself. Um, on your home of the Dallas Cowboys, and World Series champion Texas Rangers 105.3 The Fan. We're in the expressway, and it's it's the last segment of this hour, which means during this segment we will give away those Cowboys tickets. So, you know, keep keep alert, stay vigilant, uh, but also get involved. Truckwreck.com text line 877-881-1053. If you're a listener, you know what the combo platter is. If you need a little bit of a refresher, I'll let you know. Don't worry about that. The combo platter, we get together, we talk a little bit about sports and uh, the whatever national day it is, and today in honor of National Card Playing Day, give us your sports opinion and your favorite game night game, right? You get together, you play a little cards, you play a board game. What is that game that is your favorite? But you got to give us a sports opinion. If you do not give us a sports opinion, I can't get into the, to the other part of this. It's a necessary uh, toll payment to get into the fun of it. Fair? All right, let's do it Um, as we get into the combo platter. Mike, did you have something that you had ready Uh, to go? Yeah, well, I'm looking at the Mavs last night. Okay. And obviously their tough loss to, let's be honest, a very bad Cleveland Cavaliers team that took the court last night. That's a good team. They're 18 and 13, same record, I believe, as the Mavs. But they had a bad team out there on on the court because of the people that didn't play. I think that's a little bit more of a wake-up call to the Dallas Mavericks that it's not fixable. The rebounding Mm. and the defense is not fixable. And I think this puts Nico a little bit more on edge as we head into the new year. And into trade deadline. January 15th is where you start seeing kind of more and more trade rumors come out. And I do think the Mavs, I'm looking at contracts. I'm looking at uh, players available possibly uh, at the trade deadline. And I do think this. It's going to be tough on Josh Green because he has an extension, but I do think Josh Green and or Grant Williams won't be on the team after the trade deadline. Mm. 
I think they're going to use one of those guys to try to get the team better. Now, they're not on expiring contracts, but they are both younger players. In a weird way, Grant Williams is only 25. But haven't it's weird in the last, like, five years, free agency just hasn't worked out for the Mavericks. No. At times, trades have worked out and haven't worked out. At times, ever since Nico came here, I'll give Nico all the credit in the world because before Nico, this was a pathetic drafting franchise. Since Nico's gotten here, you took Jaden Hardy in the second round, who I know is not playing much, but still a good second round pick and a very young guy. And Derek Lively looks like a future, you know, stud center in the league for a good decade or more. And Omax Prosper at times looks like he can play in this league, you know, to be determined, but he's done a great job drafting. He's done a horrible job with free agency for the most part. Derek Lively, sorry, not Derek Lively, Derek Jones Jr. and and Exum, who were kind of bottom of the barrel guys, ended up being great. But kind of spending your money on Grant Williams, spending your money on JaVale McGee, kind of, you know, spending your money. This is a little bit, this isn't Nico. This is like Josh Richardson. Like it just feels like in a way that was a trade. I forget that that was a trade and not a free agent signing, but. It just has not worked out with Grant Williams, and I'm starting to worry that it's not. And I'm wondering, can you use Grant Williams, who isn't making a lot of money uh, in NBA standards, $12.4 million this year. Right. I'm just wondering if you need to start adding things up to get to $30 million to add a better player to this team. Grant Williams makes a lot of sense. Josh Green is tough because with that extension, it gets weird in trading him. Yeah. And everything, but I think these two guys we talked about yesterday, uh, I think that the the Mavericks are going to try to use players to try to get another six foot nine to six foot eleven. Time. I'm not saying a center; it could be, but Just somebody forward, who has like length that. that can rebound and play defense because this team's going nowhere. I love this team, as in I think they have a lot of good pieces. But these pieces don't make a championship contender at all, and I think Nico knows that. Yeah, I don't know that this year is this championship contending year. I think this year is supposed to you're supposed to figure out what parts are going to be on a championship team, but you do want to move towards being viable in the playoffs. So I hear what you're saying there. I'm right. I'm not I'm not sure exactly how you get there. So the other day, um, we had a get together with some friends. I'm not much of a game night person. Oh, really? All. Okay. Um, I get too mad. Huh. So I wouldn't have thought. So you're mostly a delight on this show. There was this game we played. I don't even know what it is, but there's a whole bunch of different names or things uh, that you pull out. And at one point you have to describe it. Another point you have to act it out. Was this Pictionary? It's it Could sounds be. kind. It counts. It sounds no, like a game no that's drawing. inspired it's Pictionary by. Where you draw something. It's not. It sounds like a charades-inspired game, yes. but it's not quite charades. Yes, I get what you mean. That was fun the other day. Okay, charades is a good is a good uh, game to go with. All right, I appreciate that. Let's see from the nine seven two Mavs are a play-in team. Yahtzee, baby! I don't remember the last time I played Yahtzee. It's been a very, very long time. Uh, from the nine four five sports opinion, Cowboys fans are one thousand percent emotional. Logic uh, takes a backseat every season. Aren't all football fans pretty emotional? I mean, there are some, there's some that pretty aren't, much. but the majority of football fans are very emotional. That's why we love the sport so much. There's very few games, and it's a super emotional sport to watch. Right. Um, and then uh, that allows you to ride the roller coaster. Now, they said they're, they play as a family, Uno, no mercy, which is meant to break up families, they say. Yeah, that sounds like it. That sounds like because Uno already is a game that will break up friendships. Man, you get that plus four back-to-back, 
and that will wreck your night. Especially if you're if you have the house rules because everybody has their house rules that differ, uh, where you stack them. And then it's like, no, you got to add another four. And you got to add another four. And somebody's drawing like 26 cards. And you're like, I will kill all of Diabolical. you. Diabolical. Yeah. I will hurt all of you for doing this to me over a card game. That's right. Um, let's see. Elsewhere on the text line from the 940, the Cowboys roll Saturday night against the Lions. And Clue had a decade-long winning streak until uh, their wife beat them. That's, I, I don't think I've ever played Clue, actually. Like I obviously I know about it. It's popular in pop I culture. I don't. I'm not much into board games, so I. I Are you? I, you're familiar with Clue, though, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Good. I was like, you've. It's a board game. Yes, that is true. It is a board game. Um, my sports opinion that I've been ruminating on, especially watching these games, is I feel like we've gone too far on penalizing defenses in football, like the thing that immediately comes to mind is like the quarterback sliding late. And then we're getting the defenders called for, you know, mm-hmm. roughing or um, illegal contact yeah. or what have you. And it's like, we also saw this with Micah Parsons with the yeah. roughing. the. We're right, seeing I mean, a lot of this roughing the passer and this protecting it. the quarterback. I mean, and that, that was a tough call. Dak Prescott was really smart. He took the guy's helmet and threw him on top of himself. He knew in the end zone, we're in deep trouble here. But let me get a fake call. So the Cowboys got a fake call, too. The guy was holding up. He bumped... Dak, and then Dak grabbed the back of the guy's helmet and threw him on top of himself to get a personal foul. So I'm with you. I think that this is football. It's violent. People are going to get hurt. Yeah. There's a small possibility people are going to get paralyzed. And that's football. That's the game. That's what it is. And I know that it's 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 been a long time since uh, Shazier would probably be the last guy yeah, that Shazier. kind of – uh, somewhat became partially paralyzed because of playing football in the NFL. But it's a violent, brutal sport. It's always going to be violent and brutal unless you turn it into flag football. You can turn it into flag football and make it a very nonviolent sport, but if it's football. Let them, let them hit people. The goal is to kill the guy with the ball. Not literally kill him, but kill the guy. with Whoever has the ball, you hit, hit him as hit hard, him hard as you can. Yeah. You try to knock him out. You Bring try to down. make him fumble. That's football. And to your point, they're trying their best to not make it a violent sport. Well, and it's funny because I think player safety is part of that. And I don't want to like try and make it seem like the NFL is evil in that way per se. But I think also the bigger driving fat portion is trying to make sure that there's offenses up and like trying to keep that that um that interest and i don't think that it's paying off the level of dividends that they think it is on the offensive side i think that the game could still be more fun by having the defense have more of a chance in these yeah. instances to I your we, point too yeah. there's a whole bunch of penalties called when a receiver goes up or down to catch a ball and the guy's just trying to break up the play but he accidentally hits the guy in the head. It's not intentional anymore. They kind of know the rules. You're not seeing Ronnie Lott or Darren Woodson type of hits over the middle, which were not illegal plays. It's like, hey, if you're stupid enough to run into the traffic and throw the ball into the traffic, damaging things can happen to this wide receiver. And now they're like, if you damage the wide receiver at all or even look like you could possibly damage the wide receiver, it's a 15-yard penalty. So to your point... Uh, or to that uh, person's point, I'm with you, but it's just the way it is. They want to try to make this as nonviolent of a sport as possible, which is weird because the whole sport is based off of violence. Yeah. Um, my game on in game nights, taboo. 
Like my family always been like oh, big. That's, that's a good one. Yeah. Always big on like uh you know game shows, and that one feels very much like that type of place where you're just like I have to be witty, I have to be smart, I have to be quick, and I have to know who I'm playing with. And then it just it gets the people going, right? The whole idea of the game night is to get the people going. So I, I appreciate that. Uh, going back to the text line from the two one zero Cowboys will get to the NFC Championship game. Game is zombie the zombie board game or spades. Mike, you a spades guy? I used to play spades when I played baseball. There are a lot of card games playing baseball, wasting time. Uh, but it's it's a, it's a good game. Spades is a good game. I believe uh, I, I'm I'm so old now. I forget all the the card games that we play. But um, one of them was you would call you would call the Trump suit. I don't know. I don't so, know what what game that so is. So when you would, get- I'm bad about card games. I know a few of them, but I'm I like there's so many different card games out there that I'm like I don't I don't know which yeah. one. It's even the like some of the classic ones. I do know spades. Spades get spades is a dangerous card. I think it might be the most dangerous card game because people get really, really aggressive. Yeah, with spades. Well, whatever game I'm talking about, where uh, you can pick the suit and everything. And I'm sorry, I'm drawing a, a blank on the name. Somebody will text it in and be like, "Hey, dummy, it's this." I remember when I was 21 years old, Finish? 22 years old, no, uh, sitting down with hard-hitting Mark Witten, who was in AAA at the time in Buffalo, and I sat down at the table because they needed a fourth, and I played one round, and he said, get off the table, rookie, and learn go, go to the kids' table and learn how to play. Because, like, you know, sometimes you'd lead with a queen or something to see where the king is or whatever, and I, I did not know all the strategies at the time. I was just trying to win... If I had a good card, I'd play the good card. And he was like, you're too stupid to play this game. When you <laughs> learn how to play it, then you can come back to the adult table. People get so mad and so mean. So mean behind these card games. Like, just teach me. Like, don't be mean. That doesn't help me get any better. And we're still in the same place. How about you be nice? How about that? Speaking of places where people are not nice, from the 469, Dak will own every passing record on the Cowboys. Sure. That feels obvious. Like, yeah. the way that he's going to continue being here and passing is going up. Sure. They Until said the next quarterback who plays a dozen years here comes and then he'll beat all the records. That's right. Uh, they say, I've seen Monopoly cause a divorce. I'm not surprised. Monopoly is a game for terrible people. I've often said this. It's so boring. That's true. Another. That's another. Have you seen a Monopoly game last fewer than three hours? I mean, I feel like in about 1982 or 83, we figured out other entertaining things <laughs> that Monopoly should have gone away. <laughs> Look at y'all playing 1920 like, games. Like nobody plays Depression era board games. Yeah, like where you yeah. drop a ball and pick up as many jacks as you can. Like I get it, man. When I was five, like people like, hey, look, we got you some jacks to play. And there was Monopoly at our house. And then they came out with Atari. And then they came out with Nintendo. And there is just like, oh, you know what? These games should go away. They're not that fun. We have more guesses on what that card game was that you were describing. Is it Euchre? No. Uh, BizWiz? No. Canasta? Sorry. None of these are real, by the way. Yeah, no, we're just... Bridge? No. Okay, all right, all right. Pitch? Is it called Pitch? No. Okay, very good. Keep texting me your guesses. (laughs) My grandparents played Pinochle a lot. That's right. Pinochle is a game that sounds hilarious. I just have no idea what it is. It's like there's only aces through nines. Oh. I think. So it is a card game. I have no... If you told me Pinochle had a very specified sporting equipment, I'd have been like, okay, cool, yeah. I have no idea what Pinochle is. Yeah, I could be I, the game that, that I might it might be called like Trump or something because you get to pick the Trump like you say diamonds are the Trump and then you have to trade. Cards Someone said it is Pinochle. Is it Pinochle? No, okay. it's not Pinochle. 
Is Mike just going to say no to all the things that I well, said? Well, as long as they as long as they keep naming the wrong things, <laughs> if you name it right, I'll say that was the name of it. I'm sorry, I forgot. Oh man, there's so many to get to. I apologize. Uh, from the 817, Rangers will make a big trade. Cards against community humanity is awesome. That's I, I might Dylan have played C's? that game. You oh, it's the one where there's a there's one black card that has like a situation with a blank, and then everybody plays their card that they think fills the blank, and then the whoever is the uh, and then the judge somebody gets to say that was the best yes. one. Yep. Yeah, we, I've played that game before. It's fine. Yeah, people say that after one game, it's just like okay, this is done. I think yeah. games that you can keep playing and feel happy about, I think, are the best. Right, so yeah, I'm hoping Dylan sees. I, I do think. Look, I understand the Rangers are limited budget wise uh, this off season for sure, but I still think the Rangers. You're going to be happy when they go to spring training, and I'm hoping. I remember last time Reggie when I went to spring training after the Rangers went to the World Series mm-hmm. a couple times. That place was. It wasn't packed. It wasn't sold out for spring training games, but man, it was close to almost every game. Recently, you go to a Rangers spring training game. And I'm, there's more than this, but it feels like there's like 2,000 people at the game yeah. and there's 5,000 empty seats. I don't know how many you can sit and at Surprise, but I just have a feeling the world champs are going to have a lot of people at spring training and it's going to be really fun. Hopefully. And real quick before we go, because I think this is interesting. I think you'd be interested in it. From the 469, sports opinion, Jason Kidd is out if the Mavs don't make at least the second round and phase 10 is goaded. Uh, phase 10 is basically it feels like basically like Uno if I'm wrong about that tell me but do you think Jason Kidd is on any level of a hot seat this year Mm, right now absolutely not I think he's doing a great job Uh, but if they end up going 36 and 44 like at the end of the year I guess that'd be 36 and 46 I gotta add those two games if they play under 500 then yes, I, I think mm, that he okay. can be let go. But right now, their trend, they're 18 and 13. Let's just say they go uh, 46 and 36. Let's just do the opposite. He's fine. No problem. They could lose in the first round. No problem. But I think if they go under 500 again, back-to-back years, then yes, I think that he could be in jeopardy. All right. I don't see that happening. This is a The Mavericks are a solid team. They have fatal flaws that they can't win in the playoffs with. And I think that Jason Kidd knows it. Nico knows it. It's just a matter of does a trade show up that they can fix, not completely, but help the fatal flaw of defense and rebounding. Is it Rummy? No. Cribbage? Cribbage is a – that's a game where you move the pegs, which I do like Cribbage. I just haven't played it in a while. As you can tell, don't know the names to all the card games. Somebody said it's definitely Euchre. Um, which apparently you they said might it's not. be able to call it different. That, that game might is called be it, pluck. but that's not pluck. Thank you. Hey, we Let's did go. it! Yeah! And just for that, who said that? Who got pluck? Uh, it is the four one zero. Shout out what to the four one zero. Numbers in there. In there. Um, I can't give all no. those. Give every number. No, I can't. Sounds I, like you want to do something for the fan base. Yeah, for for the fan base because we found out what Mike's card game Pluck. is. Also because I'm obligated to do this. Let's give something away. 877-881-1053. The fan uh, that or 1053 rather. That is the number to call. Uh, call number ten right now. We'll win a pair of awesome tickets and a parking pass. You know how that parking is to see the Cowboys take on the Lions December 30th this Saturday. Um, it's a hundred hundreds level, guys. Big time tickets, courtesy of AT&T 5G. You want to call in right now. Caller number 10 wins a pair of tickets and a parking pass to see the Cowboys take on the Lions. And 
see Jimmy Johnson go into the Cowboys Ring of Honor. Um, all again, courtesy of AT&T. Appreciate you guys rock with us. Appreciate you toloing. And right now, it is time to talk to the pl- pluck master himself, yes. Mike Bassett. I'm not Mike the pluck it. master, but I played plenty of pluck in clubhouses. Okay, so when it comes to the Texas Rangers, I just want to give this that I wasn't able to get into in baseball nuggets. It says that now that obviously Otani and Yamamoto are signed, that also the reliever market should start going pretty quickly too. Because if maybe a couple of teams were trying to save money for Yamamoto, save money for Shohei Otani, and they didn't get it, that all of a sudden the reliever market uh, should get pretty aggressive here. Okay. Uh, I know we're getting to the end of this week, but maybe next week we'll start seeing some relievers come off the board. It did list the Rangers along with, I want to say, the Yankees, the Astros, and a couple other teams as being strong on the free agent reliever market. I don't know if that's going to be the case for the Rangers. Mm -hmm. I think with their limited budget, I don't think they can go out and spend money. Even on like Stevenson, who really came on strong last year for Tampa Bay, a guy Mm -hmm. that I think could really help out the Rangers in the 7th, 8th, and ninth inning. I think he could be your closer if you needed a closer the nights that LeClerc can't close or if LeClerc had to go on the injured list. I think Stevenson has the stuff to do it. But I don't think the Rangers are going to play in the market of giving a relief pitcher 10 or more million dollars, 10 plus million dollars per year. I just don't think they are going to play in that market. I think Josh Hader, It once again, this article had a little bit of a link of Josh Hader and the Rangers. I don't even think, I don't know this. I don't even think that they are in conversations with Josh Hader's agent. Because hmm. they know the market's way too big. Yeah. They they know what he wants. He wants $20 million a year or a little bit more. He wants a $100 million contract. The Rangers aren't going to do it. I don't think they're – I'll be surprised. Like, I'll be sure. shocked. If next week they say the Rangers signed Josh Hader to a five-year $100 million deal, I will be shocked. I'll be excited. I'll be happy about it. But I would be shocked if the Rangers are in a marketplace to pay $10 million or – up to $20 million for a relief pitcher. So this You'd article, have to hear about some deferrals, huh? Yeah. So I think the Rangers are not in that market. Now, I'm going to go to basketball, and I found this an interesting article from Hoops Hype. Hopefully, okay. you guys are starting to get a little bit into basketball as we are uh, near the new year. And, heck, we're, all, we're getting close to the halfway point of the NBA season. We are already all-star voting in the NBA. Yeah. So NBA players who are the most underperforming their preseason rankings. Number one. Would you like to take a guess oh, on number no. one, and then I'll move on. From it's, it's not a Mav, is it? No. Okay. Good. He's he's he was in the the news about two weeks ago tremendously for how horrible he was playing and his suspension. That's that should be a major hint. What I just gave the Wait, last thing. Did, oh, Draymond Green. Draymond Green preseason was ranked number 44 the 44th best player in the nba his global rating ranking now is 227 he has gone from the 44th best player in the nba preseason ranking to the 227th player in the nba how much of that is because of his lack of availability and the ways in which we're kind of turning our view on his ability to it control says here his the second paragraph says after talking about him getting suspended and all the crap he's been doing with rudy gobert and, and nurkic yeah is besides all that it's not like green was lighting it up when he was on the floor this season green is averaging 9.7 points 5.5 rebounds 5.8 assists 
and then not doing much in steals or blocks, although he was shooting 42% from three, Golden State also was 9.9 points per 100 possessions worse when he was on the floor. That's interesting. So they were a pretty much a 10-point worse team if Draymond Green was on the court. Yeah, that feels because, yeah, the, the shooting has come around a little bit on him this year in very limited sample, but it, it felt like, okay, this is actually a little bit of a Draymond has found something, and I wonder if, are we putting that on Draymond? Because they they did have a little bit of a bounce and play a little bit better once he was suspended, but I think a lot of this is more just they decided that they needed to trust the young guys more, and I felt like there were issues around that kind of central three of the Warriors more than it was that Draymond was bad. But, I mean, I could be wrong. I'm not watching them super intently. Number two on the list is Andrew Wiggins. He was rated number 52 coming in the year. He's now rated number 179, getting close to the halfway point. Man, he now, something, something feels like it's wrong. Clay in Thompson the head is also him. on this yeah. list. He's not number three on this list. I ask you, knowing that three of the most underrating uh, performers in the NBA this year, Draymond Green one, Andrew Wiggins two, Clay Thompson on this list. Yeah, do you think Golden State even makes the top ten? Oh, uh, in like the, a playoff. Like, do do you think they even play in the play-in situation this year? It's tough, especially once you see some of the teams that are like John Moran has come in and they've the Grizzlies have played so well that they might sneak in. And there's just so many good teams in the West. I still lean towards yes, just because Steph Curry is that much of a floor raiser. But oof, it's it's getting tough because they need to find some answers, right. and they still need to. They're going to miss Draymond Green for so much time. Then they're going to have to reintegrate him, and that questions raise again. It's going to be tough one. Here's a big issue in the Eastern Conference. Okay, Chris Middleton's having a horrible year. Yeah. He's gone from number 45 in the NBA to number 115 in the NBA in player rankings, and they're saying they just in this article they're just struggling to see with Damian Lillard on the team now and obviously Giannis and the way that he's playing and his age that he's going to get better on that team. Yeah, he's had injury issues, but more importantly, the Bucks had a had a lot of talent and they consolidated to get Damian Lillard. And so when you get when you consolidate, the fewer players need to play better and Chris Middleton was one of those guys that they were depending on. That's yeah. That's real tough for him. Here's a guy that we all wanted. I won't say all wanted, but a lot of Maverick fans wanted for the right price. DeAndre Ayton went to Portland. Preseason rank number 65. So not very high, but now in Portland, number 121. So if you're wondering how DeAndre Ayton is doing in Portland, if getting out of the Monty Williams, Phoenix situation, and having a more vital role on a team he has become worse in portland and not better yeah um some of that i think we knew is that it wasn't all just attitude he needed to be more consistent and that's just going to be a thing that he needs to work on but oof, oof, that's that's a tough look for that man here's an interesting one that Got paid I, though i think mavs fans would love to trade for but he's having a bad year og ananobi Mm. Ranked number 58 coming into this season in the NBA is now globally rating ranked at number 120. He is having a bad year. And in this, it's kind of like, what is this doing to his trade value? Still a lot of teams see him as a great defensive role player yeah. on championship teams, but he is having a bad year in Toronto. I think some a lot of that... I wouldn't personally put a lot of uh, value in that, and I say that as somebody who's from far away, right? If someone's closer to it, they might be able to tell me differently. But the the skills that he has 
are going to still translate when he's in a different role. The role that he has right now with a different coach, they, they're doing a lot of different things, and it's not a particularly well-built roster right now. I think that that makes this, makes this rough on him, but the defense is still going to be there. And I think, especially to localize it with the Mavs, you bring him here, and the same thing that we talked about with uh, Exum or Derek Jones Jr. probably more is that you start to see things elevated because of what you do when you put him in a yeah. system, particularly with Luka Doncic. And I think that would work with various other star players. You put him in a system where he's alongside something and it'll allow him to highlight the things that he does well, and those things still exist. I'll leave you with this. Mm-hmm. Here's the good news. No Dallas Maverick made this list. Let's go! So as much as like maybe we're, I'm disappointed with Grant Williams, I'm disappointed with Josh Green, they are not on the list of the most underperforming players based off of their rankings coming into the season. How much of that is because their rankings come in? That, that, that could be that they came in low. Like, uh, I'll give you the last one I'll give. There's other people it. on this list, but Cade Cunningham came into the, yeah. the year ranked number 50, and probably with his arrow going up, he is now rate, rated number 80 in the NBA. I think some of it is – I think we talked about this on Tuesday, maybe off air, just – I think that as a league, we're looking around, we're like, okay, he may not be a number one player, which is probably where we were thinking that he was trending towards before. And I'm sure that changes some of this as well. But yeah, you're on a team that is terribly built, that is losing woefully. That's probably not going to help. It's the KNC Masterpiece here on 105 Through the Fan. Thank you, Mike, for uh, that Mike likes it. And I guess I should also give congratulations to Alex and Amarillo. He is going to see the Cowboys take on the Detroit uh, Lions, awesome. thanks to AT&T 5G, fast, reliable, secure, and uh, keys to the victory. Start out fast. Uh, Cowboys pass rush loves to lead uh, to rushing the Cowboy, or quarterback. Why did I say Cowboy there? Uh, reliable that the offensive line with the injuries needs to protect Dak, but also create some lanes to get the running game going because that would be really helpful. And secure, the Cowboys have done a good job not turning the ball over at home. They haven't turned teams over, unfortunately, but they also haven't turned the ball over at home which is really helpful um, with that. So Who thanks, won? AT&T. Alex and Amarillo. Man, he's going to have to leave by the morning to get to the game on time. Well, it's possible. Well, like, get going and we'll Amarillo keep you. Amarillo by morning? Okay. I'm not familiar. Amarillo by morning. Yeah. Come on. George Strait, man. Yeah, I'm not I'm the, not as well the versed The king of Texas. Strait, this is the thing. You put on some George Strait, I'll rock with you. I just don't know things okay. by name. I apologize. Um, but you know what? If you do have to if you do have to get on the road, we'll keep you company here on the KNC Masterpiece. We got one you can more. stay at Reggie's house. Well, I don't know how that's going to work. You got one more hour of the KNC Masterpiece coming up next. We'll get start to get ready for the latter half and the spicier part of bowl season with Ari Temkin, a SiriusXM. We'll discuss that next on The Fan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.